Core Network. This is the Uncommon Cast RX number 216, Questionable Hat Choices. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono. And this is Kamen Rider Zio episode 19, The Quiz Shop. And episode 20, Final Answer. Our writer is Shimoyama Kento, and our director is Moroda Satoshi. And let's just roll right on into it. Yeah, um, well, as, as we do, I'm just gonna drop a stray thought that occurred during these episodes, because, uh, at my place... We only occasionally stop thinking about Common Rider Decade because uh, Common Rider Decade's pretty great, and he was on this show, hence the connection. Because the thing we've noticed is that Common Rider Decade actually came off really well in the crossover because not only was it like, did he hand out the thing and was played by uh, the intensely charismatic Masahiri in a way, he also got to do Common Rider Decade things, e.g destroy worlds or change how a writer's reality were and it's just that this time instead of like following him off to whatever he does next we kind of live in the aftermath of it uh, it's, it's a clever job letting everyone play by their own rules which of course is the most important part of the crossover to my thinking uh so we get to he gets to just roll up spark a whole bunch of just radical in many senses of the word changes in sogo sogo gets to keep on dreaming of being an overlord but then as the show goes on we see more and more just how decade messed everything up for this too is decade's fault except for the best which is again just a thing he does um and since decade was and possibly still is i think maybe it's hard to say uh one of sogo's antagonists in these episodes we we go from that decade effect that is sort of what created the white was or the hat was uh, in the parlance of the of our show. So we go from that antagonist who's actually really kind of wild and cool to one who is significantly less well defined and less subtly written than old Tsukasa Kadoya. Which uh, look, if you've never seen Decade, that's another way of saying incredibly not subtle because Decade himself is subtle like right to the face. Yeah, but that was just that was just a stray thought that came to mind. Sorry, if it's a little extra rambly. I just uh, I like when a I like when a crossover actually matters because in a show like this, it'd be really easy for them to kind of just shrug at it. And I like Decade being kind of oh hey, this is where the show changed. It really is the first major change to the show. He is really the uh, the end of Act One. Yeah, he's uh he's a good he's a good writer. I'm a big fan. Uh, but hey. What's that I hear? Tick, 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 tick. I hear think it's the 10 and 2 watch. So, Sona, would you take us uh, away there? i got a couple things for 10 and 2 uh, this episode. The first one doesn't directly play into Gates being Sogo's son, but 10 and 2 has kind of become our general Gates conspiracy board. He is a fantastical yeah, figure. Yeah, and I feel point. like yeah. this has a place here because of that, because this is something that felt to me like... I don't know if I want to say subtle, but just like a quiet bit of foreshadowing of Gates's potential future in a way that we have discussed. That is Hatwaz betraying Gates as soon as Gates has gotten rid of Sogo. Sogo and Tsukuyomi and Mondo are all playing this quiz game with Sogo's uncle, and he offers to. Really yeah, no, it was real neat. Game. Um, and he does. He offers, you know, to to get Gates in on it, and Gates is just like, no, no fun allowed. And as Gates is walking out of that game, Sogo's uncle starts asking a question about Akechi Mitsuhide that 
the end of it cuts off, but it alludes in the way that it's phrased to how he was killed just under two weeks after killing and seizing control from Oda Nobunaga, a figure who the show has already put in parallel to Sogo. And if this is the implication, if the implication here is that Gates is the Mitsuhide to Sogo's Nobunaga, at least in this potential future timeline, then he risks the same fate of, you know, shortly after getting rid of Omazeo, being got himself. And Hatwaz is the only one who would benefit from that, as you mentioned in the last episode, from taking out Gates. He's the only one who gets anything from that. Yep, and look, nothing nothing gets in the way of your religion like your savior being around to talk for himself. And there's and at the same time, like, his disguise makes perfect sense, because nothing works quite like, Hey, I love you. You're the best, buddy. Let me help you destroy your enemy. That way you can get in nice and close for the uh, sudden and inevitable betrayal. Because uh, I think we can both agree it is, it's going to be sudden when it happens. Well, kind of. The start of it will be sudden. Like, the stabbing will be, like, out of the blue, but it is inevitable. For something that leans a little more into Gates as the son of Omazeo, Gates responds very emotionally and clearly to Mondo's broken relationship with his father, and how much Mondo pushes against the idea of repairing that and meaning anything, because his father is long dead in his time. There's nothing to repair. There's not a relationship. And it just feels like a sentiment that Gates seems to relate to. And, you know, is kind of having that put in front of him, he's got to wrestle with it. And while my first thought was the guy we see Gates mourning in, you know, flash forwards to 2068, as that feels like a dead father figure, I feel like if Oma Zio is his father, the idea of wanting to repair the relationship with his father because now he's he cares about Sogo, but knowing that there's not really a relationship to repair with Omazeo because he's evil. Incredibly evil, yeah. He knows that Omazeo will never actually care about him. That's an idea that really resonates with him. And to a degree, I wish it was something the episode touched on more, but it also, again, feels like foreshadowing and a sort of foreshadowing that I hope will pay off once we get through the third of the future riders and we come to Oma Day and Gates has to actually confront what he's going to do. Yeah, because it the whole thing just feels so pointed. Again, like I know I'm seeing it through the lens of, of our of our theory here, but still it it just fits so well given the other things that they've been that we've been theorizing about and that they've been spinning out about as as part of the ten and two thing. Not to mention, like, as as you were saying, I do also have the thought that there's a possibility, hey, maybe Gates isn't the blood son. Maybe he was, how to put it delicately, acquired from a dead from a dead family, because Omazeo just like, hmm, I could use an heir. This one'll do. Uh, excuse me, your your majesty, that's our son. He is a... Omazeo is a little anyway. bit Thanos. Yeah, he's he's kind of the worst. Though, look, in his defense, the, though this isn't really a defense, like, I'm pretty sure if Omazeo had a, had a big, stupid eugenics plan, like, he'd at least have thought about it two steps yeah. ahead. 
At least his plan is just, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, I'm just going to sit here and be uh, a god. That's, that you know, that's enough for most villains. Most villains, when they win, they're just like, all right, um, y'all dance for my entertainment, or I'll murder you. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, man, I'm still so mad about movie Thanos. Could have made him just a cosmic fedora. Because, frankly, all the murder and terribleness, like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense out of a cosmic fedora. Anyway, sorry, that that's not what this that's not what this podcast is. Um just speaking of things that annoyed us though, let's let's get into our problems and nitpicks and just get some of the negativity out because at least I got a lot of good stuff to say about these episodes. I've got where you're plenty of good things, but I got a couple of I got a couple things that are bugging me. Alright, well let's um, light them up then. I think probably more than anything, and this is probably not the thing that should bother me most, but it is. I'm really mad that Tsukiyomi asked the big question that could give some dang balance to Hat Waz, and we just gloss over it and don't answer it. Like, hey Waz, why don't you just auto-win this entire situation with your incredibly broken book? And instead of answering that, we just cut away and never address it. Like, listen, Zio, if you want me to keep engaging with this guy as a villain, you gotta make me think he's got some potential to be beaten by the heroes. Like, he's got the totally broken time control book, and he's got a rider belt. And his hubris is just going totally unchecked. By everything. Because no one stands a chance against him right now, as is proven by the end of the arc. And it's making him really boring and a little bit annoying. It's dumb that he can just bust out his book in the middle of a fight and be like, and then I won because I'm the coolest. And no one can do anything about it. Like, he's all of my problems with Bosco, except he's got a totally broken power set on top of it. Because at least Bosco was getting his business served back at him on the regular any time he showed up. Like, any time, like, maybe not the first time, but after that, any time Bosco showed up, he got got. Where Hatwaz is just barreling through this show completely unchallenged. I confess, like it is, it's been starting to grate because we at some point I could go into a discussion about like how villains should work, but it really is not. He's too good, like not good, uh, powerful in the context of the show. And I know I feel like we're probably going to get into that a little more. As we're going to talk about on, it a lot but, because uh, it's it's my problem right now. No, and it, look, it is a legit problem, because blah blah, not blah blah, it is a reasonable thing to say, well, he has to be a threat to the heroes, but also- Sure, like, but like, the time jackers are a threat. Making him this big. Yeah, exactly. And making him this big and OP is gonna mean that, unless they have a big, complicated, really interesting plot- that also somehow doesn't involve just kind of pulling a bunch of nonsense out of nowhere. Doing those kind of, yes, we planned this all ahead in a way that is nearly deus ex machina, it's it's going to feel kind of unsatisfying. I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong, but... Mm. It's, it's just, he... Yeah. It's just the fact that they know it. They clearly know it because Tsukuyomi brings it up. And they just hand wave it away. Yes. They mm -hmm. understand this is a problem, and they tell us they're just not going to deal with it. Which is just, but, I don't like it. Uh, speaking of other things I don't like, and this is a much, 
much smaller complaint. Look, for all I, I actually adore Mondo or Quiz as a character, because honestly, I think he's one of the best characters in the show, period. And this is a show that at least technically had Gentaro Kisaragi in it, kind of, for a second a little. That said, do wish they could have found a look for him that wasn't a, a meninist pickup artist from like 2005, because that dude, uh, I've just, I like, I'm glad he is who he is, but I just kept expecting him to go like, yeah, you know, because females, they just don't understand the the dark, broody nature of being a common rider, brah. I do appreciate that his hat was, uh, like, bright again, purple, though. That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll give um, you that. I do wish that he had spent the arc hanging out in that comfy-looking sweater from the flash forward to the hospital, because that was a cute look, and I really hope his mom knit him that sweater. Uh, yeah, and, and if not, like, it looks like a gift sweater, which... Look, maybe she didn't knit it. Maybe she bought it for him. That's pretty good, too. It's a much better look. I really, like, I like the thought that maybe he just thinks that's how people dressed in 2005. Like, that's what, like, if fashion is something his belt keeps saying, I like to think that in the future he just looked back through the books of, you know, in some books, like, what was popular men's fashion in 2005? And then he just, he turned to that and he's like, really? All right. 2005 was like 35, well, not 2005, but in this time period, it was, it was 20 some years ago, I guess. So all the stuff with dad quiz just reminds me of that bit in Meet the Robinsons when adult Goob is reminiscing about how no one liked him and always picked on him and he had no friends. And then in the flashback that he's, like, thinking about, you see all the kids around him being like, Hey, buddy, love your binder. Want to hang out later? Like, sincerely trying to be this kid's friend. Like, because Mondo says his dad was treated like a nobody for never making a breakthrough on his research, but he's, like, welcomed back by to his lab by his staff, and other researchers are like, hey, man, cool dissertation. Keep at it, and you can really get something out of that. I mean, like, I guess the thing that made him get really distant from his family was this exact incident since it seems to take place around the time that Mondo refers to his father growing distant, because I think Mondo maybe would have been, like, two at the most in 2019. Mm. But that feels weird. Having it be, like, this being another quiz thing, being the thing that makes him, like, grow really distant from his family, feels weird because Zeo has never operated on a no-paradox, self-correcting sort of time travel mechanic. Yeah, no, I mean, it is a plot point that time didn't get fixed. Time is really weird right now, because future you is not the old future you, and also there's another future where you're dead. That's a paradox right there, so. I mean, like, I, I confess, I, I would be... Because especially since they could kind of just hand-wave it all away... By just saying, oh yeah, no, uh, this dude's real problem is not even the monster that someone literally like put inside him or brought out of him or whatever. It's just that uh, your brain is awful. Sometimes brains are just awful. I don't know how many of our listeners know this firsthand. If, if you do, dear listener, solidarity. If you don't, good. 
good, I'm happy for you. I am unironically very, very happy for you. But um, brains are awful. Because it'll they'll just warp your own perception of yourself and i i do like the thing where like you said like the like the bit from meet the robinsons everybody hated me hey buddy what's up no one took me seriously ah oh, we really want to help you with your research proposal everyone thought i was a joke ah oh, you know tough break not getting that uh the the grant like yeah the way you perceive the world is sometimes messed up and your brain lies to you constantly. Uh, so, like, I'm just saying, I I feel bad for, for Brain Dad, even though it's like, yeah, but you also, you know, you got really distant from your kid and to the point where he actually went back in time to find out if you loved his mom, which, like, wow, dude. <laughs> there's, like, there is, there is your brain, like, going weird places, and then there's being irresponsible when your brain goes. Yeah, I mean, like, look, he's clearly got some stuff he's got to deal with, and I don't know. Maybe we're changing the timeline for all of these future riders, so maybe that doesn't happen now because he had this conversation with his future son. I I really hope so, because <laughs> I would I would very much like for Mondo to have like two parents who are active and engaged and apparently at least one of them mega in love with because i mean like look you see when when mondo's like hey what if what if you grow really distant from your family and then maybe die young and he's like is that what happens maybe i gotta rethink some choices and it's like yeah buddy you do yeah i just that's a congrat lucky you you had someone come back in time to literally tell you hey man that choice you want to make, that's the wrong choice. Like, and that's... We should all be so lucky, you know? So, here, speaking speaking of quiz and that whole bit, there's a thing that bothered me in 20. And it's another Waz problem. Because Hatwaz can just lie in the quiz mechanic. Like, he can have the quiz suit do the, like answer a question, and then it electrocutes someone thing. Um, but he can just lie about the answer. Because oh, he's true. like, oh, yeah. your your family will just never care about you. True. and But it's like, obviously his family still cares about him if his wife needs to know that he loved her in order to, like, be able to peacefully die. And the Mondo cares enough to, you know, come back and do this and then have this really emotional conversation with his father and, you know, wear his watch all of these years because he wants a relationship with him that he can never have. But Waz can just say they didn't and it's fine. And he can totally still use the powers and it's fine. Like, I know Hat Waz is the, like, actively maliciously evil force in this show right now. But it just feels bad that he gets to break a rider's entire mechanic on top of all of his other utterly broken powers. Yeah, no, it's... Like, look, I know we're going to get into it later, but he is really frustrating for exactly those reasons, because he just... Everything needs him to be just oh-so-big and... Uh, like, I'm not saying nobody cares, but I... I I feel comfortable in saying yeah, that, no, sure it's don't. it's gotten to the point where my hatred for Hatwaz 
is exactly equal to my love for Scarf Waz, which is impressive. I didn't think they could make me hate Waz, but they did. I just, I just really hope if we get a third Waz that we can we can have two Wazes you you like so that we can have you know full on into the positive instead of just evening things out. But also, I just as you were. As you were recounting that scene, I just realized, what if they'd actually use that to tell the truth, though? Your family will never love you. True or false? False. And he's like, you know, you could have you could have a great comedy moment with Waz, like, looking down like, what? But also, it'd be a great emotional moment, because, hey, you dummy. You dude who's so obsessed with your own, like, you need to be the most superiorist. Chill out. Take stock of your life. Turns out your family will love you, and that's like a cosmic truth. Maybe pay attention to that, because the dude who wants to kill you sure is, and he's mad about the fact that your family loves you. He's so mad that your family loves you that he can't murder you. I just, I'm just saying, it would have been a really emotional moment, especially if, with Mondo there, just like, "Ah, it's true. Do want to care about you, Dad. Dad! Oh, and hey, speaking of hat was, I'm just gonna, I am just gonna move us into the good stuff, because, you know, that it, it seemed like a good transition point. Um, I just want to say that I love the weird air of menace that pops in from second one of episode 19, just because hat was is doing the cold open. Because look, as we've discussed, um, hat was is very clearly an incredibly bad dude. Uh, with an agenda all his own, and I don't want to trust it. So having him open, just like, yeah, average high schooler Takiwa Sogo, huh? This friggin' guy. Like, it It was a fun way to open it. It, it really is such a good, like, how dare you? Because, like, you know that spot's not yours. That's the That belongs to the other Waz. Yeah, the real Waz. Which, I know, like, that's not true, because... At the moment, they're in a quantum superposition where each of them are exactly as likely to happen as the other. But it's still, still that's, that like breaking the fourth wall moment, that's not for you. That's that's not yours. Yeah, you haven't earned that, dude. Uh, Sogo, dur- during the initial fight with Quiz, Sogo being like, oh god, please let the question of his kick connecting be false after just a whole scene of getting dunked on by this new kid. Like, that was such a charming joke. Seriously, like, it is some really good stuff. Especially now that I know that Sogo is, you know, a character. Those kinds of moments hit a lot harder for me. Because before, he'd been kind of a vague collection of traits with the occasional, like, haha jokey joke. But you put that on a character and, ah, oh, it's, it's real good. It's real good. Because, boy, like, I, I was... I am real down on that, on the show's first arc, and much as I appreciate the twist, the twist doesn't salvage a yeah. lot of it. Speaking of, of Sogo having jokes, um, I love that just teasing Scarf Waz about which Waz he is, and that implying that, you know, his, his retainer might be out to kill him. Uh, that seems to be his new favorite joke, and it's a weird thing for Sogo to have fun with, but I feel like right now he's kind of taking whatever he can get. And Waz is the one person he knows he can poke fun at without really getting in trouble. 
Because what's Waz gonna do? He's the overlord. It's true. And you know, on top of that, I do think a good overlord is one who keeps on their toes. Because you, you can't be the best demon king if you get shanked by someone who's pretending to be your retainer. Which, honestly, makes me hope that we get some payoff for that, too. Because, like, the one time Scarf Waz just rolls in, and so goes so... In tr- paying attention to something else he's not paying attention he's not even taking the time to make the joke hey which one are you that's when yeah. he gets shanked i just i think that would be help okay hilarious might be the wrong word but it would just be a good payoff a good to bit this of drama. yeah and then just just hat was just leaning in you really should check which was i am first then he twists the knife because uh you know how oh, was twists the knife He's 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 a bad man. He he's been twisting the knife since he got here. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Weird Gates Pope. Speaking of like the the composition and timing of the two Wazes explaining the situation to Sogo and Gates was really well done. It's a hard trick to pull yeah. off and not have it seem goofy, and like to be able to still hold the proper tension that it needs. And they got, they did it. They made it work. Um, it really laid clear, like, this is what we gotta do about Quiz. This is what doing something about Quiz will do. And what everyone was kind of thinking about the situation and what it would mean for the two potential futures at large. And it kind of laid down this race to the finish that set a really good stage for what happened in the episodes. Yeah, it really did. And on top of everything else, or maybe not on top of, as as a function of doing what it's doing, I just really appreciated that it highlights, hey, guess what, no matter the future, Waz is Waz. Waz is also very different, depending. I, I, it's a good way of highlighting the similarities and differences just by having them both be talking about these things and having all those slight differences in perspective. I know that's basically just, just what you said. Waz is just such an interesting oh, character, and it's a shame that Hat Waz is. is so awful. Yeah. Though, I have to say, at least the actor's clearly having a lot of fun playing an over-the-top Oh, yeah, he's villain. having a great time, and I'm happy for him. Which, you know, I'm glad someone is. I also just adore how much Sogo's uncle is like, you're making friends with all of these people who own clocks. I'm so proud of you, Sogo. Look, dude knows what he's about, and he is about clocks. I also appreciate that, like, the joke has turned from him being a little sad, like, ah, oh, we're supposed to just be a clock repair shop, but all right, I'll repair your old VCR or whatever. And now it's just, sweet, more people who need me to do exactly what I do. I'm very happy. I'm very happy for him. You know, he has he has this thing he wants to do with his life, and he gets to I, do it. I'm glad, like, how happy Sogo is for him when he sees... That there's a customer that isn't Waz that brought a clock for him to fix? Like, he was so excited about that. Oh, and, and like, okay, speaking of customers who need Uncle to fix some stuff, uh, Mondo's dad's watch, busted or not, it's real cool looking. I, I appreciate, again, that it is the last memento of an absent, possibly evil father, but still, that's a real cool watch. Also... Related, I just love that Quiz's whole reason for being here and doing stuff is this small and in the scale of events that Common Rider tends to go at in, in the modern era, it's 
actually kind of a petty thing in the grand scheme. Because it's not even he's trying to save the day or write history. He just wants to answer this question. Hey, Dad, did you actually ever love Mom? Because she still loves you and she's dying and it will make her passing less painful for her if she knows. That's amazing. Like, that's the kind of thing I want to see a common writer get up to between the more, like, oh, with great power, there must be a great responsibility sort of things. It's just, it's, it's powerful, but it's small and human and connects us to him. And it just, it feels like a mid to late series kind of plot when, like, all the cards are falling on the table and he has to do some next level weird stuff to solve those problems and like look there's a lot we can say about the way the future writers are realized but with quiz at least i I, honestly i feel like i could extrapolate what his series would be like from just this two-parter which is actually kind of thrilling in a series that's already doing a lot with crossovers it's nice how like between quiz and shinobi Mondo feels more like we've crossed over with another rider show that actually exists in the way that, like, the Heisei yeah. riders exist. Because this really has nothing to do with whatever he's up to back in 2040. We don't know who he's fighting or what he's fighting or why he's fighting them, how he got his belt, what his, like, what his perspective on his situation is this is just some personal business that he's stepping away to handle that doesn't affect his hypothetical writer show as opposed to shinobi who the writers built an origin story for in connection to zeo like he doesn't become shinobi without zeo now and it makes quiz just feel more real it makes it feel like this is like, his half of a movie war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's also nice seeing Tsukuyomi get to take charge and get the situation under control as everyone's, ar- like, you know, Gates is arguing with Sogo over whether or not they're friends and Mondo's making fun of the two of them. And she's like, everybody, shut up. Who are you and what are you doing? Like, as infrequently as she gets to do things, at least when she does, like, even new characters respect her. As is proper. And I also appreciate that she's the only one that's still just calling Scarf Waz Waz. And I think even Hat Waz, she just calls Waz. Instead of, you know, labeling them like Sogo and Gates do when they talk to them. She's got this sort of camaraderie with... Especially Scarf Waz, that I'd love to see explored more. Yeah, it's me too. Especially since I, I definitely want to talk about how her and Scarf Waz may well be the only survivors of a timeline obliterated by Sogo's sudden and oh-so-welcome attack of conscience. I mean, okay, I guess, you know, Gates also survived that timeline too, but... Look, there's another timeline where he's present at Hot Wings, so, you know, he'll be fine. Tsukiyomi, though, she's got some stuff to work out. I can't wait till we're in, like, the third act of this show and maybe start addressing, like, her deal. Because, like, Act 1 is very Sogo-focused, Act 2 is very Gates-focused. Maybe once we hit Act 3, it'll be about her. 
give me cape waz. I know, I want cape waz so badly. A waz for everyone. A waz in every pot. Also, I freaking love Aura just walking in on a rider kick, stopping time, and then just pushing Sogo and Gates so they're turned to kick each other instead of her another rider. Yeah, it's such a power move. Amazing. A yeah, rider yeah, kick yeah. is, like, sacred. They're the finisher. You can't stop it. You can be, like, unaffected by it, but you can't stop it. But then she just does. She just stops it and turns it back on them in this really Looney Tunes kind of way that's played so straight that I can't help but adore it. Yeah, dude. Of course you can't. It's too good. Seriously, like, we can have whatever beef we want about the sort of nebulous nature of the Time Jacker's abilities. Thanks, Hatwaz, for just taking all that frustration. Because <laughs> whatever, Time Jackers... Look, there are clearly some things they can't do. It's fine. But, yeah, so, okay, their powers are nebulous, but, you know, time, whatever. Uh, but taking that to the next level, having Aura just turn their world into duck amuck for a hot second... That's just, that is amazing. And I hate that Hatwaz just ruins it. Like, the instant that the yeah. rider kick happens, he just shows up and throws her at some stairs and is like, nah, my city now. Like, that's Aura's moment. Let her have it instead of stomping all over it with your broken power set. God, Hatwaz is just the exact opposite of Noel. On paper, I love the idea of him and, like, what he could potentially bring to the narrative, but then he does anything, and I'm just so frustrated. You know, I not really made the connection to Noel, but yeah. Especially since, like, you know Noel tends to be written to make space for other people so that they also can be cool. Like, Noel is flashy, but he's written in a way that makes the Lupin Rangers and the Pat Rangers just that much better in whatever scene it is they're doing. Which Hatwaz just doesn't. He doesn't let anyone else be cool. And that sucks. Like, I hate using these very, like, blunt words, but yeah, it sucks. I just, I do hope, though, that this leads to the Time Jackers deciding to try and shank Hatwaz sometime. Sure, with his broker po broken power set, they will not succeed. But also, uh, he kind of deserves at least, like, a little bit of a stab in the kidney, you know? Just and, and a look, little. I get the, again, I understand. Yeah, just a little, you know, one or two, it's fine. You don't have to go full uh, Julius Caesar on him, though, I mean, if you want to, ain't, ain't for me to say. And then this sort of swings back to, like, look, I do understand that they're trying to make a proper threat out of him by having him shrug off all of the previous OMG, so scary sorts of powers. But, like, one, that's a really cheap way to do it. There are diminishing returns on, yeah, I just shrugged off your ultimate power. What are you gonna do? And they have really run out those diminishing returns already. <laughs> Which is very impressive. More importantly, it just it's a shame that he couldn't just let Aura have the really good moment. It's, it's why you can't write Superman for instance, as being faster than The Flash, you know? Even if you, as a writer and editor and everyone else, think Superman is going to be faster, Superman has super speed, super strength, invulnerability, super senses, laser eyes, frost breath, oh, and also he can fly. 
let the Flash have running. <laughs> it's what he's got. Which is, again, to take it back to the discussion at hand, the Time Jackers have one trick. It is a very good trick, but it is the one thing... Okay, I guess they've also got, like, making the, the another writer. So they have two tricks, but they have one visually interesting trick. Don't undermine that, Kento. It's bad. It just sucks. It takes all the drama out. Let Aura have that. It's, it's such a good moment because like, the rider kick is sacred and she stomps all over that and she doesn't get to have that moment. Let, like She gets to get away and then Hatwaz can come in and, you know, be Hatwaz. But he craps on it, man. And that sucks. Though, um, it is worth noting that at least Hatwaz does not succeed in stealing everybody's spotlights, because at least he's not in the cold open in episode 20, so that's nice. Big Ginks, that's not his. I, I, Yeah, exactly, but he didn't steal it again, so that's nice. It's not, he's not the new guy in charge there, so that's good. I, I do kind of wonder if they're going to start trading off now. I don't know. I hope not. Actually, kind of hope so, because I... I like their antagonism. I hope they start having to like, I, fight over it. Yeah, but also I, I really, I want him to not be messing with the time jackers because again, let them have this. I, I, if nothing else, I hope Decade can come in and just wreck him because, uh, Hatwaz is insufferably smug. No one is as smug as Sugasa Kadoya. I would, I would love for him to come back and just start dunking on Hatwaz and Scarfwaz is just watching like, oh, this is, this is funny like, when it's that's... that version of me. Yeah, look, it's fun to flirt with him. You? Just take off the hat, dude. Like, you got, you got like the gray and the silver and that's really nice, but just, it's, it's too much. It's too much. What do you know from too much? Yeah, I dress in bright magenta and green as my common writer form. I know from too much, sir. And you, sir, are too much. There's extra, and then there's you. Stop. Oh, yeah, you tried to write me in your book? Uh, yeah, your fan... Honestly, I just want him to be like, yeah, your fanfic's not gonna fly here. I don't know why. Like, personally, I have a, all the respect in the world for fanfiction as, an, as a creative and expressive art form, but you know Tsukasa would just wreck that dude. Just like, ah, what's, uh, what kind of fanfic you got there, huh? <laughs> You know, like, Tsukasa knows from alternate universes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, again, he did just make one the other day on accident. Oh, you're going to be the future king? Here's what kind of king you are. You yeah, know, I'd love for him to be like, buddy, you would not even exist without me. Yep. Well, thank you, but it is my savior who does things. <laughs> savior. You mean, you, you you mean that kid Baron likes? You're into that guy? <laughs> you think Baron has good taste? Captain Banana Pants knows what's up? Alright, bro. <laughs> you have fun with that. Good luck. Well, I, he doesn't need to be alive. I'm going to kill him and then become the Pope of his religion. You know, I actually respect that. Really? No! Shoot him in the face. So y'all, I need that acoustic arrangement of Overquartzer, like, ASAP. Because I feel like it has the potential to be as memorable as Switch-Ons if they keep breaking it out at the right times and build to a really good moment at the end of the show, the way they did with Switch-On. Uh-huh. You're thinking of the letter, aren't you? You know I'm always thinking of the letter. <laughs> <laughs> I sh you know, I laugh because, uh, 
it, it's not I'm laughing at I'm not laughing at you. It is a laugh of recognition because because we I all get suffer it. this way. But like they use it so many times over the course of Forze, and then it just they punctuate it on that moment. And you know you listen to it, and it starts, and it starts with just that piano, just that one line of the piano, and you, you're brought back to that moment. You're brought back to the letter reading. And I feel like they could do it with Overquartzer because it's good. The way that they use the piano and guitar arrangements in 20 are just, like, top tier. And if they use it right, because there hasn't been one that they've used right since Forze. Or before it. Yeah, no. Quite honestly. I have a bunch of them. I love the orchestral arrangements of the, the rider openings. It's, like, my favorite thing. None of them use it the way switch-ons do. I None of them can I listen to and be brought back to a moment. No, yeah. And, like, it, it takes a lot to make those things work in a scene that is also not, like, you know, mid- or late-series depths of despair. So hats off to the music crew making it work here. Honestly, I, I just have to say, it sounds better slowed down and mellow. Like, I, I hate to keep busting on the theme song, because Overquartzer is a perfectly adequate writer opening. It's just, it's perfectly adequate, but thankfully when you slow it down, it, it actually gets, it, there's a lot of emotion there, and I'm very happy for it. Be the One is a hard act to follow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, again, I, it's, it's why I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it, it's perfectly functional. It just, it lacks the weirdness of, like, uh, of uh, Ryuki's. Uh, alive, alive, alive a Life, which it? is one of my favorite rider openings. Close. It's so yeah, good. It's, it's a weird departure. Uh, it's, it's, anyway, it's, it's a, it's a fine song, but when they slow it down, it becomes something more. Then you add to that the insert song from 19 that, I, I don't need to mention it, it was there. But it was it was a very peppy song, and I'm like, ah, they should use this for the theme instead. I don't actually know the li- what the lyrics say, so maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. Um, but it the music has been getting a much needed boost, and I'm very happy for that because honestly, while the the Lupot theme this season definitely grew on me, which I did not see coming, but it it did. Uh, Over Quartzer just has failed to. It is just it is maybe just maybe whatever's coming after Zio will have a really amazing opening, and it'll just serve as this kind of like enjoyable break between those two songs on a playlist. Because that's that's basically I where I am with Excite from X Aid. Because like I don't know if I could emotionally yeah. take going from the ghost opening to the build opening without something in between. Mm. No, that's that's legit. They did not know how to use the like. The X8 opening was all right, not bad, but they 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 didn't know how to use it in the show. Like they they kept trying to like put it on, like as you observed more than once, like they kept putting it on just at the end of the show or at moments that weren't actually very dramatic at all. Thank you. Like you you got to save that stuff. Got to use it sparingly. Yeah, they just the whole bit in X8 where we went like six or seven episodes with no opening in this not yep. super dramatic part of the show. Yeah, it was just, like, dense with exposition and stuff. It was very strange. 
yeah, props to them for trying some new format stuff, but it it just didn't work very well. It's like I'm still not I'm not entirely sold on the cold openings that just explain all the things. Thankfully, the guy playing Waz is very charismatic and can sell it, which is saying something. Because boy, I'm just like yes, perfectly average high school. Like no, yeah, I no, I this. I just enjoy getting another thirty seconds to just like watch him do something. Yeah. Um, circling back to Sukiyomi, though, I like in 20 how she kind of starts serving this position as a trusted neutral space for so-going dates, and that they're able to kind of relate to and understand each other through her, which opens her up as this entity that can bring them together. And I hope that as Sukiyomi kind of becomes more aware of that, and we come into another arc of the show, that that role becomes more defined and active. I would very much like that, especially since they keep not letting her be the timeship pilot. I like, I really like Sukiyomi, and she deserves more from this show, just period. Again, I, I hope, like Bernie, that this all leads up to Cape Waz coming from a third timeline in the name of whatever fanciful title he has for Sukiyomi, because Diplomat Waz would be fun. Also, I, I like the thought of her either as, like, she is hit, like, I want to say Muse, but Muse is wrong, because that implies a more passive thing. She's my inspiration. Alternately, because of just the way her cape goes, like, ah, uh, yes, my angel, Sukiyomi. Something like that? I don't know. I just, I'm just sort of, like, spitballing ideas off the top of my head there. I just, nah, you know what I give want? me cape was, you, you know, cowards. Like- Sogo can be the overlord, and Gates can be the savior. I want Capewaz to come and just be like, Sukiyomi, my boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> director Sukiyomi. She seems like she'd be a good, like, director. It's like, you hired me to, you know, make sure that everyone's doing what they should be doing and not screwing around and yelling at each other. Looks over at Sogo and Gates, who are in the middle of, once again, arguing over whether or not they're friends. See, what, see, okay, so, Hatwaz has the book that writes the future, Scarfwaz has the book collecting the past, Capewaz has to have a book that does Capewaz has a book that's just a schedule. <laughs> it's got the, it's just oh, an appointment he, book. He knows everything that's happening in the present. Like, everything. It's like... Sogo, you have a 2.30 meeting. Gates, you have a 2.35 phone call. Sukiyomi, you're on lunch. Yep. Uh, and, uh, Uncle, if you could just take three steps to the right. One, two, three. Thank you. And then, like, a, just an anvil or something falls out of nowhere. Like, that's his power. He knows what is happening. Right? He knows what's up. Cape Waz knows what's up. That's his power. This is... I I need him. He has a cool cape. He works for director Sukiyomi. I need him to be in this what's show. What's his job? He knows what's up. Like yeah. nowish. He's not a retainer. He's he's not the Pope. He's just the major domo. Oh, from Common Rider Amazons. Oh, he's that, he's that guy. He's, yeah, he's that guy played by played by a more Ikimen sort of actor. <laughs> like, what is his job? I am the king of personal assistance. Really? That's it? You don't know how good a personal assistant I am. Like, him and, uh... Oh no, from O's. Oh, he's he's just Satanaka. What's her name? 
yeah, yeah. He's such a, like, him and Satanaka just occasionally, hey, just She was his grace. mentor. Yeah. He studied under her. That's so how he it, got so good. Yeah, exactly. Because Tsukiyomi, she just, she found a way to fix the things by just understanding what's going on, reading the situation, and frankly, getting good at calling people out on their crap. And then building coalitions. Yeah, I like this. I like I like director Tsukiyomi. I hope you don't mind that I've just decided that director no, is No, this is, this is just where it's going. I hope everyone is enjoying us writing the third arc of, of Zio. Yep. En- enjoy our fanfic podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, look, this whole show is just big, dumb fanfic, and we're leaning into it. It really is. Honestly... The fanficiness of it is is basically the only reason it works. Uh, well, that and the fact that, as as I said before with Decade, they understand how these characters work. This is a very deep nerd thing to do, and I'm actually quite here for it. Coming back to her being this neutral space for, you know, Sogo and Gates to kind of learn each other's brains because they can't talk to each other. Um, seeing them kind of build their plans around the way the other works through figuring that out from Tsukuyomi and working to meet the same end around these kind of intertwined plans, that same end being helping the person that's in need, is really fascinating. Yeah, it is. And it also really highlights how they've grown as characters as time's gone by. It's it's the kind of... Also, it occurs, the strategic thinking you really ought to have if you're going to be a time-traveling demigod. Fair enough. And I, yeah. And look, to bring us back to an earlier segment, uh, Gates would probably have learned such tactics at his father's knee. And now his father will learn it shoulder-to-shoulder with his son. Ten and two! We know what we're about here. Yep. Again, it could turn out to be wrong, but frankly... If nothing else, it created a meta-narrative, even if it's one we're imposing, certainly gives us a lot more things to have fun with in the show. And, uh, you know, you take yeah, your fun where you can. no, we're having a good time, and we're going to keep having a good time until they pry that from our cold, dead hands. Mm-hmm. There is There is some stuff you could say is is maybe kind of messed up in how they want to approach certain ideas like, you know, hey, a king or whatever. But, uh, like, it's it's some minor stuff that I can sort of roll with, un- but it's all presented in a way that is friendly and fun and thoughtful, unlike a very certain other common Rider, uh, who, by the name of Drive, uh, that is bad and lied all the time forever. It came after me specifically, stabbed me in the back, just like Hat was. You didn't deserve that. Friggin' Hat was, man. So the scene between Mondo and his dad was really short, and I know we've mentioned it, but I found myself surprisingly invested in their conversation for them being a pair of guys that we don't really know, caught in a super condensed bad dad plot. Just the conversation between them where Mondo asks, like, hey, if all this happens, just who's the one person in your life you really cared about? And he's like, man, it was your mom. Like, that was really touching and well-acted on the part of both father and son. And just, you know, the 
the facial expressions that they had and the timing of it. It was just, it was very well done. And I'm a little, my only regret is that he didn't say you and your mom. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Which makes me think that maybe but, like Mondo is like an infant now. So it's it's hard for him to like say you and your mom because he's never really had time to have a relationship with this baby. Yeah, and also like this is at the start of the estrangement, so like he's maybe after she has the kid, like that's where he starts getting obsessed with success and it just it spirals out because again, brains are terrible. <laughs> They're the worst. We only keep them around because there's literally no other choice. I, I just, I do want to spin out from there because we had the talk earlier about how Quiz feels like a real common writer show who actually exists and is just doing a crossover special now. But I, I also want to apply that to Quiz Dad because, like you said, watching the performances, it feels like that actor has been doing flashbacks for the last six months and is very excited that his character can finally have this moment of revelation and catharsis. Like, it feels like a moment months in the making, years even. It's, it, it is so good, and both actors, Quiz and Quiz Dad, just brought so much to the table. I really loved it. I would, I would love to watch more about Kamen Rider Quiz, and I say that with the asterisk that, no, I hope they never do anything else, because there's really nowhere to go but down. <laughs> they could they could be amazing, don't get me wrong, but also, uh, don't, don't risk ruining a good thing, y'all. <laughs> don't do it. You made a good thing, just, just be happy. It. You're fine. I do appreciate that Gates at least tried to give... Mondo his power back and did it right in front of Hat Waz as kind of like I'm gonna spit in your face and just give him the watch. Like I wish he'd been yeah, like dude. when Mondo was like, no man, you need to like change your future. Like I wish he'd been like, no, I need you to take this back to 2040 because it can't be here. It would have made things a lot better. Well, maybe not a lot better. I would have had a laugh because hey, true or false, Quiz has surplus amounts of chill. The answer is false. Like you, could, you could have Hatwaz steal it once he gets back to 2040 and just hold on to it for a while and, you know, not tell us that until he busts out it, busts it out to have all three watches and force them on gates. Just, it, I think it would have been a good bit. It would have been. And also it would have been nice to see Gates trying to reach out to people because he's uh, terrible at that. Which, again, like, given who hi who we're asserting his dad is, yeah, makes sense. fair enough. Also, there's a bit at the end of 20 where things go all theatrical and Scarf Waz walks down the stairs at Sogo's place just lit by a spotlight and everything else is dark. I just, I love it. He, he's just going all metatextual by making the world around him into a different medium for a hot second. Like, that's beautiful, and the kind of extra I have come to expect from... Uh, and, and I feel like I'm not... I, if, I'm, if I'm speaking for you out of line, Sono, I, I pray you'll correct me, but that's what we expect from our favorite the only The only was that matters. At least until Cape Waz gets here. Yeah, true that. It's, it's just a fantastically constructed moment, 
And the way that everyone reacts to him as he allows reality to begin again, I'd like to believe that's just what he's been doing every time he's mysteriously appeared and we haven't gotten to see it until now because he hasn't needed to narrate it to us. It's just, it was just for his own benefit. It just makes him feel better. Uh, look, I'm here for it. Because I, I feel like that'd be the, the uh, like, broody, angsty poet's version of, like, okay, you know when you stub your toe and they've done research and they found that swearing at it sometimes makes you feel better, or at least it makes it hurt less? Sometimes, like, look, you've just got to make yourself do some Hamlet nonsense and have the rest of the world conform to that so the brooding can get out of your system and you can get some catharsis. Because, like, I know people say that catharsis isn't real, but it also is. So there. Like, some people get uncomfortably real on podcasts when talking about snake boys and their uh, gold-plated boyfriends. Some people perform soliloquies, and some people just make the whole world into literally their stage. Takes all kinds to make a world. Uh, now then, we've got a some hypothesis going on here, Sono, that I see you've put in the notes. If you could elucidate just, us. My biggest concern right now is what happens to Gates at the end of this episode. And that it's leading into some Necrom Spectre nonsense. And frankly, I don't have patience for another round of that. Because that was bad then, and it would be real bad now. Just the fact that he had those really jerky movements, which was some impressive acting, by the by, because that didn't seem like it was editing. That, that seemed to just be him moving, and that was really impressive to pull that off. And then he just wanders off in a daze without responding to Sogo calling for him. Like, not even looking back, doesn't seem to hear him. Like, that has me concerned that, again, like, now Hatwaz is doing something to his brain to make him do the stuff he wants to do. Because I don't feel like Hatwaz has that potential for redemption built into him like Elaine did. Because Elaine, like, clearly from the beginning, they're like, okay, we're gonna redeem this boy later. Like, I don't think they're doing that with Hatwaz. So, I'm real concerned. I, I don't either. Because it wasn't good yeah, then. No, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not excited about it either. And I, I don't know what I want it to lead to, but I definitely want it to be short-lived. And preferably end with him, like, getting around to rejecting the me-me-me-ism that both Hatwaz and uh, Baron Banana Pants from Guy wanted him to do. Because, uh, yeah, it's awful. And... Honestly, on top of everything else, I'm sort of at, I'd want a savior in a common writer show who doesn't need to throw a punch. Because, hey, on top of everything else, I think it was episode, like, 16, 15, 16, I could be wrong there, uh, but that was the, the Perseus. Was it Perseus? One of them. I think it was Perseus. The, the artist kid in Forza, the kid who will destroy everything that does not meet his sense of aesthetic, which, quick aside hashtag mood but that one the only reason there was a fight at the end of that episode was because they're just like nope gentro is too good a dude he's getting through to this kid we better just push the switch for him like he was he was gonna save that kid soul without punching him and then at the end gentro and and the whole common writer club like saved the world without punching gamo and that was uh the most beautiful and heartbreaking thing ever yeah hey uh in case y'all hadn't noticed or, or picked up the 
amazingly subtle subtext here, watch Common Rider Forza. It's real good. My only complaint is that those three to die on that satellite. Fair news. My my big one is, like... Well, I have some other problems. It it is very revelatory once you realize that, boy, there's a lot of male gaze going on there. I mean... Like, it's not as bad as it'll be in Movie Wars Ultimatum. Oh, boy. Like, still, how dare you make that part of the movie bad, but... Um, I mean, I have I have good. other problems, Otherwise. including the end of Hayami's story and pacing. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of problems, but it's it's, it's still it's a very still good so series. incredibly solid and says the best things every time. Which is impressive, given that like the Koichi Sakamoto is uh like just needs to just needs to chill. He just needs to calm down. Anyway, that's that's going to turn into a whole thing. We could do a whole writer jump just about Koichi Sakamoto needs to just calm down. But in lieu of that, let's get into a new suit roundup because we got some more we got some more costumes there so this time. Many suits this time. Yeah. Um so let's start off with uh Kamen Rider oh, Quiz. Quiz looks dumb. I actually really like the henshin process for Quiz. It's nice, it's sleek, it's quick. His gimmick toy is small and unobtrusive, even if I do not really get the belt call. But oh my god, this suit is not good. Like, there's some neat ideas, and I actually really like the mechanics of the suit. But the big question mark in the middle of his head is bad. It takes up so much real estate, and it's distracting. The suit is just so busy, and there's no real balance to it. It's just a mess. And it's a shame, because again, I really love Mondo as a character. I'd be willing to watch an entire season of Common Rider Quiz. I want to know why fashion is in his belt call, because he's got this very varied style from the two outfits we've seen, and I'd love to see, like him in a new outfit every episode or every scene yeah just have just his clothes just change there's no one knows why it's just how he is he's always been like that it was way before he got the belt yeah exactly i i confess i was really excited when i first heard the henshin call because i there was a rumor going around before common rider ghost was announced everyone was like hey I heard, well, maybe not everyone, a lot of people said that they'd heard that the next Common Rider was going to have a fashion designer theme, and I wish that had happened, and I want Mondo to be that, or for, like, the, the next Common Rider to do that, because that'd be fine, too. Because, like, look, I will say, though, while the suit itself wasn't particularly effective, it was at least fun insofar as I kind of get a kick now out of figuring out which piece is originally belonged to which suit because if a suit is bad at least that's a good distraction because i mean yeah it's it's not a great suit even as i do think they could make the question mark helmet work if they gave it another couple design passes i understand why they didn't you know time but uh still i, I will say though for the belt the way the the question mark thing that he puts into the belt the dealy um the necklace whatever the the way it turns... The goober. The what? Yeah, the goober. Yeah. Uh, the way it turns into an exclamation point for storage or when doing a rider kick, that's 
That's really yeah, good. No, it's, it's great, and I love it. And again, it's so slim and unobtrusive that it feels kind of out of place in this era of Common Rider. I mean, you ain't wrong. Which, though I will say, it's one more way he feels like he could be a real Common Rider from a different era. Because, hey, there's a great brand new era that's tiptoeing the era. But where do we feature? Just listen to Teacher. Sorry. You got me on that. You got me on that Lion King kick. I'm feeling it. But I will say that beyond that, like, the the belt and the suit are just kind of there, which, uh, you know, it's a shame. Uh, but moving on from there, we'll get to another quiz. He's sadly not much better. It moves quiz to a grotesque extreme the way that the Anothers do. But just, like, the wires hanging off of him feel messy, and there's nothing really clear about his design, and I hate that he's just got a big spike jammed into his brain. Toei, you need to stop making me look at stuff like that, because I can't. No, that's that's legit. Uh, Which makes me feel, like, I always feel kind of bad when we come to these things where you have perfect, like, and I'm not trying to say your reactions are wrong or bad or nothing. I, I get it. They're perfectly reasonable reactions. Whereas I'm over here just like, he's got a spike in his brain. Awesome. Because, yeah, I'm that kid. I mean, again, I'm not saying it's not distressing as heck. I just, I like that. And he's got the extra brains hanging off his shoulders. And it's it's over the top. Like, wow. And it's so grim dark. I just, and I like the details. Even on the whole, like, even though on the whole I don't think it really works. The biggest problem, though, it's another another rider suit. Boy, that is a tough thing to say. Where you'd never get to see the creepy uh, another rider eyes, which I know not every suit shows them. I like them, and they're one of my favorite parts of the another rider suits. If the mouth can't open, I want to see the eyes. Yeah, that's fair. From there we get to... Uh, Common Rider was a uh, futuring Shinobi. I hate that I actually really love this. Like, the dark purple looks really good with the neon green and the silver white from the base suit. That's such a good, like, retro future color combination. Like, it's a little Super Nintendo, but with some neon green. Oh, look. Super Nintendo's a good look, though. So, honestly, just... I want to see more purple in Common Rider, just in general. That's fair. Yeah. Also, I just want to throw out, on top of, like, I dig the, the Futuring Shinobi suit, I also forgot to mention last time, I really like the Futuring featuring pun going on, because that's, he's from the future, and they're from the future, so it's it's not just featuring them, it's Futuring them. It's, it's cute and funny, and I, I really enjoy it. I dig it. From there, we move on to Futuring Quiz. This one is less good. The, like, middle jewel tone red and blue look fine with the silver and the black, and even okay with the pops of the, like, teal blue that's on the Waz suit, but they don't work with the neon green. Even if it's kind of a minimal look, having the red and blue just cutting downward multiple times through the neon green around the neck and around the belt, it looks awkward. Yeah, it's it's a mess. It is it is so much look 
it's I just wish that when designing rider gimmicks, whoever is in charge of like suits and peripherals would just think about color theory a little bit more. Also, just the big question mark on the face doesn't look any better on Waz than it did on Quiz. Yeah, no. No, it doesn't really. Uh, and from there we move to Common Rider Zeo Double Armor. Unexpectedly, I really like this one. Perhaps because it's taking the goofiness of the way the armors work to such a really exaggerated extreme that it circles back to being, like, kind of funny and charming. Like, I love that the the memory shoulders are just weird, like, foam-braver-esque robots, and that they make the classic just giant double shape on the shoulders, and it's so huge and weird, and then they pop off again to do a big double-shaped rider kick. It, like, the whole thing is so bananas and goofy that I can't help being super into it. I confess, like, I, I'm with you. Uh, especially with the, the Gaia memories turning into the little robots, like, that was amazing. Right up, I confess, until the, the W-shaped rider kick. Because, like, look, I get, I get that we're going for bonkersness, and I appreciate that, I applaud it, I salute it, because the fewer attempts we can have at a really grounded common rider, the better. Not, not that they're all bad. Anyway, I, I appreciate what they're doing here. I just... All I could think, though, with the kick was he's jumping crotch first at someone's face. And that's just a bad idea from a lot of levels, starting at how Waz's face is armored, and there is no amount of padding that's going to leave legs operable that wouldn't make that just an awful and hilarious end to that kick as he just as he just T-bones himself. Like, I don't even know what you'd call it. Waz's face... Yeah, helmeted face just jamming straight into his crotch. Like, even if there's armor there, it's going to shove up against that, and that's honestly going to make it worse. It is a little ill-planned in that regard. Yeah. Again, though, that said, I appreciate what they're doing, because it's, it's Common Rider Double, it's a big show, and they, they found a way to, to have the feet do the thing. I just, I wish they would have workshopped that a little I mean, longer. I guess you could just have the legs, like, together, and it would still make a W shape. Where, like, he's yeah, still got them, or, like, or leaning like, off on each side, but his legs are together instead of apart. Yeah, or or he can even keep the legs apart, but don't have him be horizontal. Have him be vertical, because then it's like, ah, I'm gonna kick you in the face and the crotch. It is you who will get hurt in the crotch, not me. The only thing about it that disappoints me is that Hatwaz didn't use Future and Shinobi in the same fight, so that we could have, like, a purple and green rider fight, because it's right there. It would be, yeah, that is quite good. Oh, man, this is a fun, this is a fun one. Yeah, it was. And somehow they even made one of the, the legacy armors work, and good on them for, for that. For the first time. Yeah. You know, I know it's it's a movie thing. That he has it, uh, oh, okay. yeah, that's where he picks it up. But and, you know, I'm usually not a fan of that. But you know, whatever, whatever. It's yeah. it's double. No one cares. He's just using a cool rider power. Yeah, I didn't even care how he got it. I'm just like, ah, oh, he's got double. Cool. Probably one of the ones Gates brought back. It's fine. Uh, so then, do we have any other things? Last minute uh, thoughts? No, just hoping in my heart for Cape Waz. Yeah. 
Well then, uh, for the Uncommon Caster Rex, the rest of the TOLL Network, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono. And don't